Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Never seen the sky so blue. The KSL Greenhouse. Information and great talk about your home, garden, and your lawn. If you love perennials, can't get enough help on landscape design, or just want to keep your lawn and vegetable garden pest-free, grab a pen. It's the KSL Greenhouse on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. It's going to be a quick edition, just one hour of the show today, then back to normal next week. And the number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. You want to get your calls in right away. Maria Shalaios along with Tom Bettis this morning. And want to start out the morning and talk about, you know, it's gotten too cold. It's 21 degrees right now. It is. It is chilly. And that means if you had anything outside that you wanted to save, uh, hopefully you've brought it indoors by now. But but there is kind of this transition period that we wanted to talk about, bringing those plants in from outside. Yes. And this is, you know, it's a little late in the season for some of your tropicals and things. But there are a number of plants that can be brought inside into a bright room that will overwinter fairly well. And I, I think a primary one are the potted geraniums or mm-hmm. the pelargoniums that are perfectly happy in a basement west-facing or south-facing window over the winter. And if you see a lot of older homes, they will have a, I don't know, almost like a walled-in porch with with a lot of glass. Right, right. And they use that almost like a greenhouse over the winter where they'll move a lot of things like their geraniums and maybe bougainvillea or mandevilla and things and then put them back out. I always wondered about that style and how that came to be. I don't know. I know my grandparents' house in Wyoming had something like that. And my grandma would grow plants in there. And it was always cooler than the house, but never froze. And things seemed to do okay, and it was almost just like a, a winter greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And I've loved the idea, and I I hate to see you know newer homes have gotten away from it, but I've loved that about over older homes where you see that where the front door is usually there's a 
walled-in area where it's full of windows and benches and you have all your plants. But at any rate, there's some things you do need to consider. You know, if you have plants out on a porch or a patio in the summer that can overwinter, if you are going to transition them inside, you need to get them accustomed to lower light levels. And so that involves moving them maybe to a shaded area for a half day and then a full day and leaving them there and then maybe bringing them inside for an hour or two and then out and over a period of a week or so just get them accustomed accustomed to lower light levels. So that's one thing, especially if you're bringing, bringing them into a room that doesn't have a lot of windows or supplemental lighting. Okay. And then, so geraniums, you mentioned geraniums. What other kinds of plants would really do well this way? Well, people will transition dwarf citrus trees back oh, and forth. Right. Those right, are another right. popular one, and those can be a little more difficult to take care of. There are, I mentioned the mandavia and bougainvillea, which are vines. People will try to sometimes bring a passion flower in and out. That, I've had a hard time with those. Yes, and they're not, not meant to be houseplants. We... Even when I worked at a nursery, we planted one in the greenhouse over the winter, and it was just a pest magnet, whether it was aphid, scale, whitefly, mealybug, it got it all. And so, so pests are the next yes, thing we should talk yes. about because you don't want them in your house, and you certainly don't want them impacting the rest of your plants. No. And this article we posted said to thoroughly inspect, and I would How do you even... Do that? Just looking, you almost need a magnifying glass. You need to go over every leaf. And one, if you can, one thing you might be able to do is get some soapy water and a gentle sponge and wash the foliage. You know, that's not impossible on all plants, mm -hmm. but that will help out greatly. But even after that, I would recommend putting those plants in a separate room away from your other houseplants for a couple of months. So if you bring them in October, you've got a, October and November that they are isolated and then you can move them after you have observed the plants for a long time to make sure that there's no little beasties on there. You know, sure. we talked about the aphids and white flies and scale and a few things like that. And so you do need to do that so you don't contaminate all the plants in your house. Okay. And then what else? How about water and stuff? Water will be reduced from what you had to do outside. Now in the summer, you're probably watering every day. During the winter in a home once a week, you know, is going to be sufficient. If you water more than that, usually you will drown the plants and it will kill them mm -hmm. over time. The Some other things to be aware of are the light levels because the light levels inside of a bright room can be a hundred times less intense than sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so it's imperative to get them near a south or a west window. And even then, some grow lights over the top for some things may be beneficial, especially if you had, say, some outdoor containers of dwarf tomatoes or sure. you know, things of that nature. So the light is going to be important. And then one other thing that's not mentioned in the video, here in the West especially, we are so dry, especially with forced air um, heating systems. And if your plants are near heat registers, you can really do a lot of damage over to them over a few weeks with that hot, dry air blowing out. And so those plants will need to be 
away from cold drafty areas as well as hot heat vents because of how it both can affect them. So put them in an area that it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, not in a room that doesn't have a door, but if you have an outside exit, a lot of house plants and a lot of plants won't tolerate over time that door being open and closed sure. with those colder temperatures or the really hot temperatures. Right, those heat vents. You have to be aware of that because we think, oh, it's just a little bit warmer, but it really dries everything out. It me? really does. And you know, you can look up things like pebble trays that will add a little bit of humidity around the plants. And that's where you have the plant in a container sitting in a, on another container full of gravel, mm-hmm. and you just put some water in the gravel that sits, you know, below where the plant, so it doesn't get into the plant's bucket, sure. the plant's pot. And so you just have that water below the plant, and if you don't have a heat vent right there, that water, as it evaporates, will raise the humidity around the house plant and possibly help it out. That sounds like a disaster inside my house. Yeah, it's, you know, the pebble trays. Anytime you talk about pebble trays on any flooring surface, especially carpet, it can get bad because it can stain, cause water damage to the wood underneath. Especially if you have a pet that's going to be yes. messing around with this stuff. and mm. Puppies, cats that like yeah. to dig. You do need to be careful, but in some situations it may work. Okay, an unfinished basement? I'm trying to think of where that would work. Well, uh, maybe someplace like that. Yeah, the unfinished basement, if you have bright south or west windows, even though it stays in the 50s during the winter, perfect area for geraniums they they love it down there and they'll bloom a lot of the winter and you can go down and enjoy them but flowers in the winter yes flowers in the winter (laughs) right so before we i guess we can cover this we go back to it i've been researching dwarf tomatoes that might be suitable to grow indoors okay we're going to talk about that next stay with us number to call 801-575-8255 you can find an article on bringing your house plants in on the ksl greenhouse facebook page text us your questions at 57500 and again reminder the show only until nine o'clock today two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport she was tear gassed and beaten Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you this morning. A short show this morning. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Okay, I want to hear about these dwarf tomatoes that you want to plant or you're doing some research on because you want to grow tomatoes all year round. I've ordered a few varieties already. I found that Park Seed 
has quite a few of them, three or four. That's quite a few for these. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally Tomatoes has one or two. Uh, I think Johnny's has one or two, but they're little dwarf cherry tomatoes that so only get grow, 18 inches okay. over a year or so. But you can put them with a grow light over the top. You don't need a very expensive one. Mm-hmm. And just near, say, a west window, and they will produce, you know, a handful of tomatoes every week. And I think that for me, you know, a long time ago, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's just a pain. But I think that with COVID kind of changed things for people a little bit. And for mental health, you sometimes just need something to fuss over. I know. I think that's true. You know, J.D. started growing plants in his office here four years ago, and I started growing them last year. And, yeah, you know, it's like having a puppy. I have to stop in my office on Saturday or Sunday and water <laughs> everything. And But, you know, the I had marigolds that were in full bloom in pots in March last year. And, you know, just the tomatoes I grew and things. And there was some satisfaction, but I think that – for some reason, the greenery and just having a small hobby is so important. There's so many people affected by seasonal affective disorder, anxiety and things. And just having those there helps a lot of people. It's like hope for summer, too. Yeah. Honestly. And so you're not going to get rich off these tomatoes. You're putting a lot more money into it than tomatoes you'll get out. And you can get some bragging rights off growing those little tomatoes. No, you but get it, fresh tomatoes. There's something like them. And then there's just that something that go down and just relax and say hello to your tomato plants. And so I I have started that again. And, you know, I've been a pretty practical person, but it's been nice having something to worry about besides work and life in general. Sure. So I'm going to be excited to hear through the winter how those do and yeah. how many tomatoes you Maybe actually get. Maybe I'm going to try to germinate extras out. And if I have success, I'll bring one or two in. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next listener would like to know, or the first listener would like to know, can you do you recommend moving an angel wing begonia into the house? Yes. Would they, it, what kind of light would it need? Uh, it will need fairly bright light, even though they are generally considered a house plant. What you'll want to do is isolate them and get them in a fairly bright location. So off to the side of a south or west window, and you would turn them once a week. So south or west, not a, not a north window. North would be okay, but they may need a grow light over the top. Okay. The begonias are shade tolerant outside, but inside still need indirect bright light. Okay. Next person would like to know, what is the best time of year to spray liquid fertilizer on the lawn to decompose leaves? Well, if Mother Nature would have cooperated three or four weeks ago, but mm. if you want to do it, you can spray it on there. But I, there must be a company or articles because we've had more questions about liquid fertilizers on lawns the last two weeks than we've had the entire program. And so I don't know that it's needed. They may break down a little more quickly. If you have a lot of leaves on your lawn and you can't see the lawn through the leaves, you need to get those leaves off because they may smother your lawn. And you can still use them in your yard, put them in garden areas, flower beds, compost piles, but don't leave a thick layer of leaves on your lawn. Okay. Merrill is on the line in Taylorsville. Good morning, Merrill. What is your question? I want to know if a plant I'm considering for my garden is okay to plant. Uh, I've been researching some plants for a pollinator garden, and 
I find that plants on the noxious weed list, it has the genus name, but it's not uh, the botanical or species name. And although it doesn't match, do I need to be concerned that... Well, you you do need to know that Latin name. And so if you're seeing like a lot of seed mixes have centaria and there are some species that are great and others that are really bad weeds. And so download the state or, you know, get the state noxious weed list. And as long as it's not listed on the state noxious weed list, you're legal to plant it. Okay. Yeah. Centaria is exactly what I'm looking at on the nap weeds that I, I, I have never tried planting them before, and I just want to know if I need to be concerned. Well, and it's depending on where you get your seed mixes, a lot of like the dollar stores and a lot of low-end, low, like inexpensive retailers sell seed mixes full of noxious weed. And so you do have to be careful. So I compliment you. All right. Well, I appreciate your help. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your call this morning, Merrill. And the phone lines are now open. Number to call 801-575-8255. Reminder that we're only here with you for the next half hour for the Greenhouse Show today uh, to make room for our coverage for BYU football and the pregame show. Also, the number you can text us your questions, 57500. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.